When I was a little girl, I believed in fairy tales. I wished my toys would come to life and that my stories could be real. Then through all the noise and confusion, I believed it was all an illusion. The world had faded black and white, nothing seemed to be right. But now I know that how it goes is that my dreams never die. As long as I keep the magic inside me alive, do you believe in magic? Stories are written, read, and disappear, probably hidden on some dusty bookshelf, often forgotten and never retold. This tale is different because it stays in the heart of all who hear it. The memory continues, eagerly waiting to be shared with the next generation. Take a peek, sit back, relax, open your mind, journey into the world of the gulp of waters and slurp it downs. You'll never be the same again. In the previous episode four, Joe was getting to know her wacky aunt. Iki arrived back at Joe's home and the new friends had a sleepover. During the night, they woke to find the bushfire coming close. Joe prepared to travel to the village. The best way to the village was to hike through the bush. After a short time, the old Slurper Downs found a kangaroo lying by the edge of the creek. Her back legs were burnt. She had been caught in the bushfire. Joe was saddened by the extent of the kangaroo's injuries. To Joe's surprise, the elder Slurper Downs pulled out a green bottle of glue and rubbed it on the animal. Soon after, she jumped up and took off as healthy as ever. The creatures became engrossed in conversation. And somebody set the bush on fire. Don't know what's wrong with humans. We must be on the lookout to catch the culprit. Let's continue. Running late, you know. Joe's leg was starting to ache. Her leg had healed, but the muscles were still weak. Iki noticed the apparent limping and addressed the matter with the elder slurper Downs. Making loud, snide remarks, he approached the girl. He pulled the green bottle out and started rubbing it into Joe's leg. What do you reckon? Her sonny had turned green, then orange, and then purple. Her mouth opened wider and wider. Joe blinked at what was happening to her. A strange and unpleasant sensation flew through her body. She screamed and then, with her voice breaking, there was relief when she saw that all the colour and pain had gone. Joe's leg showed no sign of injury at all, totally amazing. The thought of creatures not repulsed her. But she had to admit, it had magical healing power. The gulp of waters and the slurp it downs didn't even blink. 
With exasperated looks, they quivered at the disgusting cheeriness of Joe. Just one small improvement. I think there's nothing to get cheery about. Oh dear, I was wrong in showing happiness. I must remember to go with the flow. Go with the flow? Not show cheeriness. Get a grip, girl. Damn! The blinking creature heard my thoughts again. Seems my thoughts travel like a boomerang and hit me in the face. Joe did not seem quite so confident of her friendship with the creatures. Seems she had thrown a spanner into the works. She must be an enormous burden to them. She decided to hang back from everybody. Iki ran towards Joe and grabbed her hand. Don't take any notice of them. It's not your fault your leg hurt. They're just preoccupied with all the destruction that has happened in the bush. We really need to find the firebug because everything is still in danger. After walking for a few hours, Joe was thankful her leg was now healed. She started to worry about how long it would take to reach the village. By the time they got there, it could be time to travel home. The leaves overhead rustled faintly in the breeze as the creatures continued surveying the bush. Everybody was becoming impatient after unsuccessfully looking for signs of a firelighter. The bush tracking was starting to wear thin with Joe, and she was about to demand a rest time when the group heard a sound coming from under some bushes. The elder Slurpet Downs had a look of anger on his face and gestured the others to follow him to the source of the noise. There, struggling on the ground, was a wombat with a plastic bag wrapped around his nose. The poor wombat had mistaken the green bag for some vegetation. Look at that! Seems those stupid humans have been littering again. Probably campers. The type who leave their fires alight and do not care about anyone else but themselves. They're so ignorant that they don't even realize the damage that they do to the environment and its creatures. The Slurper Downs was so mad that his face turned red and his hair stood up on the back of his neck. Joe had never seen a Slurper Downs in such a rage and thought it quite scary. Heaven help the humans if this Slurper Downs ever caught them. The wombat was naturally in a dreadful state. He was having trouble breathing and had become very weak. The Slurper Downs took out some snot glue and rubbed it onto the wombat's nose. He calmed down and it was not long before he waddled away feeling so much better. See what humans can do to the animals? If we hadn't come along, this innocent creature would have died. Sometimes I feel that all our work is in vain. Iki reminded the old Slurper Downs that their work was never in vain and that one day their message would eventually get through to the humans. Yes, when the entire planet has been destroyed, the stupid humans pollute the rivers but feel it's their right to overfish in our oceans. Soon there'll be no fish left and no clean waters in either the creeks or the large oceans. I hear that they're now about to kill innocent whales, the most loving and spiritual mammal of them all. Just don't know what's wrong with their thinking. Joe decided to keep a very low profile. After all, she was a human, and she felt that her presence was causing tension. As they reached the end of the bush track, Joe found a rope tethered to a fence. We're here at last. Everybody, gather together. 
he grabbed the rope and pulled with all his might. Two figures materialised from nowhere. Edward, how nice of you to drop in. Oh yes, what a jolly happy surprise. Joe stared. Her mouth nearly hit the ground. How wonderfully polite were these two fellows. They were gnome-like, with strikingly handsome faces. The pair was dressed in green loincloths with precious stones around their necks. On their heads were Akubra hats with magpie feathers tucked in the sides. Joe was astonished that their manners did not offend the other creatures. The most startling thing of all was that they called the old slurper Downs Edward. What an extraordinarily normal name! Everybody appeared happy to see the new arrivals. Edward asked them to chant their magic, and before everybody's eyes, a massive hole appeared, but it had no solid sides and floated lightly in front of them. How can a hole appear from nothing? Come on, let's get going. The new arrival stepped into the hole, followed by Edward and the rest of the creatures. Joe swayed and felt dizzy. She was confused. Once again, Iki came to the rescue and grabbed her hand to pull her towards the hole. A labyrinth of winding turns appeared. It was a sophisticated tunnel system beneath the earth. As they walked through the root systems of the vegetation above them, sparkles of bright white light illuminated their path. Everybody seemed relaxed and content to follow the new pair. They are the gnomes of free spirits. Everybody has a spirit. When we have a decision, we sit and meditate and they will give us the right answer. My mum told me all about them because they are quite famous. What are their names? They must have names. Oh, yes. The taller of the two is called In and the smaller one is called Sight. When you put the two together, it makes the word Insight. The fire has burnt most of the bush, but the bush needs fire to regenerate so ultimately it will be fine. Unfortunately, the living force of the trees and the surrounding bushes are dying. The soul is disturbed with all the pollution and disregard for the earth's treasures. People are sending negative, greedy vibes throughout the root systems of the world. We need to change the consciousness of the humans. They must appreciate and learn that love, acceptance and saving the environment is the key to a better life. They need to heal the earth. Joe gazed intently. She had never thought much about the environment. She loved the freedom she gained by running through the bush. She took it all for granted and expected that it would always be there. Now she was beginning to appreciate her Aunt Pepper's passion. Unacceptable! Outrageous! Not good enough! The group walked through the tunnel system. In and sight, pointed out to everybody the messages they were receiving from all the roots hanging under the earth. You can get messages from all the living things through their roots. We are notified when there will be an earthquake in Indonesia or a tsunami in the ocean. Everything is exposed down here. The trouble is, people above don't take the time to watch nature. They miss the signs that are put in front of them, not seeing past their noses. If ants run around and change their habits, sure enough, the weather is about to change. 
If birds disappear, there will be a storm or disaster. If animals race up to higher ground, you can be sure there will be a flood. It's all a matter of logical thoughts. Insight, which unfortunately is what people today seem to be missing. All they think about is how they can get the next big television or that red sports car, both of which drain the Earth of its energy and pollute our beautiful world. Soon there'll be no planet. Joe was happy now. She was receiving lessons that were useful, not like the boring lessons Mr. Heathmont threw down their throats. The journey then stopped, and in and sight clapped their hands, and the group arrived in the middle of the village. In and sight begged their departure and disappeared. As soon as Iki saw her parents, she was off. The mother slurped downs didn't seem worried at all that Iki had been gone for a while. Wish my mum didn't panic. Aunt Pepper came out of one of the tree houses. Her face was hot and flustered as she had been boiling snot all day. Joe, my darling girl, how are you? Are your mother and brother okay? Is your house safe after all the fires? And how's your leg? When are you coming home? Life is so boring without you. Never let life be boring, my girl. Just go with the flow. That's unless some idiot wants to destroy the rainforests. Then fight and chain yourself to a tree. Worried about the time? Oh, don't worry, my girl. By my calculations, you've only been away from home about 30 minutes. It's probably only 10am. What luck. Now she didn't have to stress. Joe suddenly felt ashamed for being cross with her aunt on the last visit. Aunt Pepper knew what she was doing. The townspeople didn't really forget about Joe. They were just pleased to see their Peppy back. Feeling foolish and embarrassed, she decided to go with the flow, as her aunt had just advised. Today you will find out who we are and what our work is, I promise. Firstly, let's prepare refreshments. Everybody looks famished. Cheese of all types, home-baked bread, wine and olives, meat and salads were all laid out. Joe was amazed at how wonderful the food was. There were even cooked yabbies from the creek. This was the best time of Joe's life. The light in the bush village started to darken. Shadows danced across the ground, thrown by the huge gum trees. The sun sank slowly before disappearing for the day. Aunt Pepper reminded Joe that she would never let her be late for her mother. Relax and have fun. Music played and the creatures danced. A beautiful white owl sat nearby in a gum tree, wise and full of hope for new beginnings. You know, Joe, when a white owl sits nearby, it means good luck. Maybe your luck's about to change. Joe wondered when she would hear about the secret, and she tingled in anticipation. After some time, the village council went indoors for a meeting. They had to find a solution to the firebug. Everything was getting out of hand, and the creatures had to devise a plan. The elders filed into the meeting room, and Joe was left outside, wondering what was going to be decided. They had to find the person responsible so they could prevent further fires. Joe sat around the dying fire, poking a stick into the hot coals. The flames danced around the logs, reminding her of 
how important fire was to everybody. She also recognised how dangerous it could be. Joe went up to the treehouse door. They had been in a meeting for ages. With her ear glued to the door, she tried to hear anything of interest. When she peeked through a hole in the bark, Joe got the greatest shock of her life. Her headmaster, Mr Dill, the greengrocer, Mr Page, and numerous other townspeople were sitting in a circle around a large wooden table. What was going on? She had only seen the gulp of waters and Slurper Downs go in there. For a moment, she froze. Had she lost her mind? Her overactive imagination may have caused her to see the strange vision. One of the topics they were discussing was about the precautions that had been put in place for Joe's protection. Joe panicked and ran towards the creek, her heart pounding in her chest. I have to get out of here. Something is seriously wrong. While running from the village, Joe tripped and fell and lost consciousness. The moon drifted in and out of sight behind the shifting evening clouds. Birds started their night calls and a mist floated hauntingly through the gums. When Joe awoke, she put her face to her knees, her hands gripping her ankles. There was stunned silence and pain began to move in. Back at the village, the meeting had finished and the gulp of waters and slurped downs ambled out of the treehouse. Aunt Pepper was reasonably happy with the outcome of the meeting and looked around the village for Joe. After searching in all possible places, she inquired as to where her niece was. Nobody seemed to know, and she was taken aback when she noticed a piece of Joe's clothing hanging on the lower branches of a tree. She spoke to a group of young creatures. Did something upset her while I was in the meeting? I thought you would have looked after her well enough. Aunt Pepper's face was expressionless. She wiped her face with a cloth. Darkness had fallen thickly around them. They had to find her. It was dangerous for her to be wandering around alone. A search party took off, all terrified that something may happen to the girl. Meanwhile, Joe was in a real mess. All she could think about was getting home. Try to travel home. Must get home. Why can't I travel? The thought that there could be a million eyes watching her gave her the creeps. Every sound was accentuated and a chill was whipping through and around her body. She tried to stand up. Her head hurt. She swayed, confused. Then Joe remembered what she thought she had seen. Townspeople in the treehouse instead of the gulp of waters and slurper downs. Impossible. She must have imagined it. Joe seemed to be walking forever, her ears ringing and her head throbbing from the bang inflicted when she fell. Something went whooshing past her ear. Suddenly, she felt peaceful. Her breathing started to slow down. A white light hovered over Joe, 
and gently settled down beside her. Joe, don't be afraid. I am your will to continue, and the strength you have within. Boy, that was some hit in the head. She followed the guiding light right to the edge of the bush. Joe had made slow progress along the track, and finally recognised the clearing. Nearly home, thank goodness. It had just been one of those days. When Joe reached the veranda of her house, her brother was sitting on the step playing with his toy cars. What's happened to you, sis? There's blood running down your face. By the way, Aunt Pepper's back. She's in the kitchen with Mum. Never seen her in such a state. Mum's trying to calm her down. Out of character for her, don't you think? Stumbling through the door, Joe entered the kitchen. Expressions of disbelief and horror on the faces of Joe's mother and Aunt Pepper. Blood was everywhere and Joe looked pale and obviously very weak. Oh, she looks as if she's in shock. Get the brandy out. Get a glass out for your mother, Geoffrey. Joe will only need some rescue remedy, not a swig of brandy. For heaven's sake, call an ambulance and everybody needs to calm down. We should just keep Joe quiet and get that damn dog from under my feet. Joe's mother grabbed some wet cloths and pressed them to Joe's head. Aunt Pepper's voice all of a sudden broke with relief. She dashed outside, probably to call off the search. Thankfully, the ambulance took no time at all to appear. When Joe was lifted onto the stretcher, she looked up. Oh no, the ambulance people look a lot like the gulper waters and slurp it downs. Here I go again. Looks like I've lost the plot. Frozen on the trolley, she closed her eyes. It was too much for her to bear. Every time she looked, there seemed to be creatures doing human things in the hospital. What on earth was going on? She decided that the hallucinations would probably disappear in the morning. Unfortunately for Joe, she had to stay in hospital overnight, which was the beginning of another strange adventure. You have just been listening to the Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek audio tales, based on the children's books of the same title by Australian author Susan Pease. To find out more about these stories, or to purchase hard copies, please visit susanpease.com. S-U-S-A-N hyphen P-E-A-S-E dot com. And be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you do not miss out on the next exciting instalment of the Mysteries of Cork Upper Ripple Creek.